0: Welcome to Bread Alive. We are called to be priests, prophets, and kings in our own homes and workplaces, offering the wheat of our daily lives and becoming bread for others through lives of grace. My name is Michael Halbrook, and this podcast explores our journeys together as we seek to understand and live the gospel in our lives. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs he was performing on the sick. Jesus went up the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish feast of Passover was near. When Jesus raised his eyes and saw that a large crowd was coming to him, he said to Philip, Where can we buy enough food for them to eat? He said this to test him because he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, 200 days' wages worth of food would not be enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, said to him, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what good are these for so many? Jesus said, have the people recline. Now there was a great deal of grass in that place, so the men reclined, about 5,000 in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, Gave thanks and distributed them to those who were reclining, and also as much of the fish as they wanted. When they had had their fill, he said to his disciples, Gather the fragments left over, so that nothing will be wasted. So they collected them and filled twelve wicker baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves that had been more than they could eat. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, This is truly the prophet, the one who is to come into the world. Since Jesus knew that they were going to come and carry him off to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain alone. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Quick show of hands: Who likes leftovers? Oh, good. Me too. Uh, we've we've been really fortunate this week. We've had. A lot of pulled pork left over from a luncheon that we had last weekend. We had uh, a lot of tacos left over from taco night. And I think my favorite is these, uh, these little chocolate chip cupcakes that my son Matthew makes. And we had enough of those from Learning in the Library on Thursday night, which is a pitch to come to Learning in the Library and have a snack, that I had a couple for breakfast on Friday. I like leftovers. Leftovers shows up three times in the readings this weekend. I don't know if you caught it twice in the first reading from 2 Kings. And once here in this gospel, the, the abundance of the 12 baskets left over after Jesus fed the multitude, the, the 5,000 men plus who knows how many more women and children. 20 barley loaves for 100, and people, 100 people in that first reading where Elisha says, how can, I, how can I even give this to that many people? And God promised that they will eat, and there will be leftovers. And then the five barley loaves and the two fish in this Gospel, as told by John, for the thousands. This feeding of the thousands appears um, six times in the Gospels. It appears twice in the Gospel of Matthew, it appears twice in the Gospel of Mark, and it appears once each in Luke and John. It's the only miracle that appears that many times and across all four Gospels. So we can know from that that it was an extremely important part of the life of the faith and and what the apostles and the disciples knew and understood in the early church. This is the one story that stood out above almost all of the rest of them. So if the women would help me for a minute, I need you to help me fill in the blank on this saying. The way to a man's heart is through his See, everybody knows that one. The way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And after last night, my mom said, oh my gosh, that reminds me of after your dad tasted grandma's first meal and he wouldn't stop coming over for food. (laughs) Thanks be to God. But God who made us knows the roots of what we want and what we desire. And, And at the core, it's those basic things, right? Like food. We enjoy a good meal. We enjoy the company of friends around our table. We enjoy knowing that we're taken care of. Working backward, there's so many examples of food, of God feeding his people through all of salvation history. There's Ezekiel's scroll, where the Spirit of God tells Ezekiel to eat that scroll of the Word of God, and he says, this tastes so sweet like honey. In Isaiah 7, there's when the angel of the Lord took a hot coal from the altar and touched Isaiah's lips— and and it cleansed him of his sins. There's the bread of the presence that was set upon the, the tabernacle in the ancient temple of Jerusalem. There's the manna in the desert that came from the sky to feed the Israelites on their 40 days in the desert. In today's first reading, there's Elisha's loaves in 2 Kings. There's Elijah in the desert in 1 Kings when the angel brings the hearth cake and the jug of water to feed him for a 40-day journey. And there's Melchizedek's sacrifice, the very first one of bread and wine in Genesis 14. Through all of those now today, we have Jesus, the God of the universe, the Word made flesh, feeding the multitude, feeding the people. He takes the five barley loaves and the two fish. He gives thanks and he distributes it to the thousands. And we're told that when they had their fill, the fragments left over filled 12 baskets. So we we should ask, how does Jesus do this? The first thing we hear in this reading is that he tests Philip. And Philip's the one that says, there's no way that even 200 days wages would feed all of these people. And then Andrew offers what's available. Andrew says, there's a boy here and kind of starts to propose a solution out of what's available. The Catholic understanding of miracles is very important, I think, to understand with this gospel because many people have tried to explain it away as something other than a miracle. They've tried to say that, you know, it's people pulled their food out of their backpacks or something like that, but we are a faith that believes in miracles. Miracles aren't just some good thing that happens to us, they are a direct intervention of the supernatural in our natural order. The Catechism says that a miracle is a sign or a wonder, such as a healing or control of nature, which can only be attributed to divine power. The great author C.S. Lewis said, Christianity is precisely the story of a great miracle. If it isn't for the miracle of the incarnation, our God becoming flesh, and the miracle of the resurrection, our God rising from the dead. We're a faith with nothing. We're a faith that at our core believes in miracles like this one. The catechism further says, The signs worked by Jesus attest that the Father sent him. They invite belief in him. To those who turn to him in faith, he grants what they ask. So miracles strengthen faith in the one who does his Father's works. They bear witness that he is the Son of God. It's nothing short of a miracle in the feeding of 5,000. St. Augustine, one of the fathers of the church, tries to explain what happened by saying, he multiplied in his hands the five loaves just as he produces harvest out of a few grains. There was a power in the hands of Christ, and those five loaves were, as it were, seeds not committed to the earth, but multiplied by him who made the earth. Jesus and this feeding we can see today in the miracle that happens at every Mass when the priest, ordained in the person of Christ the Head, through his anointed hands, offers us the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. How does it happen? It's measly things that we bring. It's unleavened bread. It's cheap wine. This is why the offertory isn't just an intermission in the Mass. It's not just a break between the Word and the altar. This is why the offertory is, in some respects, the most important part of the Mass, because we bring all that we have. We bring the sacrifices of our life. We bring ourselves. Now, if we pause on the miracle for a second, I'd like to talk also quickly about the fact that Pope Francis has asked us today, the day before the feast of St. Joachim and Anne to celebrate the first world day of prayer for grandparents and the elderly. I think there's a neat way that this request for us to pray for and spend time with and reflect upon the influence of our grandparents and the elderly is important today because it's our grandparents, it's those that have gone before us that have taught us to bring all that we can to the Lord. They've taught us many times through their example, through their respect and their admiration of what happens here in the sacraments and in their prayer, the importance of this sacrifice. For generations, those that have gone before us have provided the five loaves and the two fish, and the yield is here. And now it's our turn to bring the five loaves and the two fish For the next three weeks, we're going to continue to hear from this Gospel of John about the Bread of Life discourse. Our Lord is going to teach us the reality of what he means and what he is in the Eucharist. Listen, because for these next few weeks, Jesus will tell us what the Eucharist is. But remember that that sacrifice comes out of our lives. It comes out of what we bring. If you're the boy with the five loaves and the two fish, are you giving all that you can? If you're Philip, do you doubt whether the Lord can feed us? If you're Andrew, do you have the eyes of faith to see that the Lord can work with whatever we bring? If you see this miracle for what it is and if we bring all that we can, God will always impress us with how he feeds us, he answers our needs, and we'll even have some leftovers.